This episode may contain language or discussions that may be offensive or triggering. Refer to the episode summary for details. So welcome to the She Confidential Podcast. Um, my name is Charlene Ketchum, and today I'm chatting with therapist Tiff. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And y'all today, oh my goodness, we are going to be talking about the independent woman, the strong independent woman, and how that can be a burden um, and how that can create some challenges when it comes to making space for a partner. And I got so hyped when we were uh, just talking because, you know, there's all these memes that circulate on social media. Yeah. And, you know, I like social media because, you know, people always complain about it. But, you know, if you look at some of it, it can start some really great conversations yeah. if you're willing to go deeper and just really hear what other people have to say and examine yourself. Right. And so one of them, I saw a post, um, actually my sister posted it yesterday and it was saying about submissive men. So let me, you know what, I'm going to pull it really quick. So I don't okay. misquote this, but it was or submissive women. So the premise of it was just about this expectation that some men might have for women to be submissive. So the, the post said, Y'all want a submissive woman, but forget you have to be a righteous man. Being submissive does not mean to shut up and sit down when you say so. It means to trust you to lead, protect, and provide. No woman is going to submit to a man who lies, acts controlling, or can't meet her emotional and spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, a lot of women really liked that and felt that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to re- mention that to yes. therapist Tiff tomorrow because I feel like there's so much to unpack and there, how we define submission and our expectations as men and women. Yes, yes. And it's interesting that the um, that the post was saying, like, men want a submissive woman, right? Because they may want a submissive woman, but then also, if we appear as, as Black women, appear too vulnerable or weak or not able to hold our own, then they don't want that either. So it's kind of like, which role are we supposed to fill? And can we fill both without losing ourselves? That there is the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is, is, is the challenge. And yeah, that's yeah. the challenge. I mean, because so many of us grew up being told not to depend on a man. And that and so we're taught how to do everything you know a lot of women from how to cook how to run a house Mm -hmm. you know how to where to go to get your car taken care of all these different things because we're taught you may not have a man there who's going to be able to help you with those things so you have to be able to fend for yourself Mm -hmm. and so how does this impact the mindsets of young girls and women as it even pertains to relationships with men yeah I thought about this a lot um, because as a woman, I struggle with this as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been told that from all of the women in my family to even my own father told me, you are never to depend on a man. You're always supposed to be able to hold your own and make your own money and create your own life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the messages that we receive from our, our elders, they lend to women having a distrust for men. Um, That idea that we can't depend on them gives the message that black men can't hold space for us, that they don't know how to 
support and courage and don't have the capacity to hold space for us when we are struggling or not at our strongest or just need some additional support. And it's that impacts the way that we interact with men in relationships, right? We, we show up in our relationships in a way that is difficult for men to figure out how to interact. What is their role? How do they show up? Um, do we want them to hold space for us or not? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. so I thought about that a lot and I, and I just kept coming back to the idea of trust. And that's really what I see as like the, the biggest struggle in hearing those messages over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And from personal experience, I absolutely agree from personal and just, and I used to work in, in family law for a while. And then just even just seeing it with experiences of my friends. Yeah. And the trust even starts before we start dating. Yes. Because I know for me, like my dad wasn't consistently in my life. I had a stepdad who was a great stepdad until he wasn't. He developed some personal issues and then he was no longer. Mm-hmm. And then my uncles and so forth. I, for me, I had a pattern in my life of seeing men who were inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But the women were consistently always showing up and showing out as black women do. And so the messaging to me was, okay, I have to be, grow up and be that woman Mm -hmm. who can take care of myself and take care of whatever messes the men make or leave behind because I can't depend on a man to be there consistently. And so that also gave me the mindset that not only can I not trust them to be depend to be there, but I have to kind of create this wall, you know, this protective wall so that you can't put me in any situations or do anything to me that threatens my security or stability. And it's really hard to be vulnerable when you're busy building walls. Very. But it's like you said, that trust factor, like for me, I know it was eroded very early in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even the messages, like you were saying, like you saw the women in your family just show up and show out. So even though the messages may not have been verbally told to us, the way that the women in our lives have conditioned us to behave, react is basically that idea that like, you have to just do it. You, you, no matter what you have to show up, you have to get it done It is your responsibility Mm -hmm. and there's no room for error. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the traumatizing part because it's like you do this, it could just mess up your whole life. Or, you know, as me my friends and we talk about it a lot, like I I believe that we carry scars or we carry, we grow. We can grow or we're going to be scarred from every relationship that we have whether it's like family or friends or an intimate partner. And I think a lot of times what happens, and this happens with men and women, but I'm speaking specifically about women because that's, that's kind of the focus of this discussion. But a lot of times what happens with women is we have a series of disappointments, whether it starts with our fathers or other men that we, it's not sexual relationships, but these are the men that we're supposed to be able to count on. And those are disappointments. So those are scars. So then we start dating Mm -hmm. and because nobody teaches us how to date or teaches us, you know, how to communicate our needs or even recognize our needs, we get in these relationships and we get scarred to more and scarred to more. Mm -hmm. So then we end up meeting 
somebody who might actually be a really great guy and he's well healed, but we got all this baggage now because now I'm bitter. Now I don't trust you. <laughs> and you want to talk to me about submission? Yeah, I ain't feeling that because <laughs> you got to do all this stuff because right. I have all these wounds. So you got to bandage all these wounds now before I can trust you to even think about submitting to you. And it has nothing to do with that man whatsoever. Right. Yes. And then there's a whole nother level of shame and blame that comes with being able to let your guard down for someone and then being taken advantage of, right? Um, or someone not living up to the expectation or not being able to meet your needs. Then it's it's left to, to you on you to say, well, it's your fault as the woman. It's your fault because you should have known better. It's your fault because you yeah. knew you couldn't depend on that man, you know, and then we yeah. carry that into the next relationship um, or yeah. into the even not even relationship. If it if it it can also just be an, in any interaction you have with a man. Right. Sometimes those wounds and those scars are so deep that it doesn't even have to be someone that you have relationship with that you have distrust for or that you um, you carry out the the feelings of those um situations where you didn't get what you need that can be in a regular conversation with a man right that can be in the grocery mm -hmm. store with a man who's you know in your way or saying something slick or you know being disrespectful all of that mm -hmm. is coming out in that one interaction from everything that you felt before that you never expressed or that you didn't feel like you could express with the person that was actually the 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 um the person that actually created the issue yeah and i appreciate that you mentioned that because i think sometimes you know we downplay or dismiss or disregard how certain things can be triggers i don't know if that's the right word to, to mm -hmm. refer yeah. to that because i have seen or heard of people being snippy like one of my yeah. buddies she's so funny because she's so passive aggressive and she she knows it we talk about this her being passive aggressive but Sometimes she'll snap on somebody and I'm like, now, you know, you ain't, you I ain't got to do it. It, it wasn't that about person. that, but it's about <laughs> yep. everything before that, everybody yep. and everything before that. And sometimes, you know, we all have our days when it's like, yeah. today ain't the day for somebody to come at me like that. And right. that might be the day that you snap on that guy who, yeah. you know, jumps in front of you in line and you're like, you know what y'all mean? Always trying to jump in front mm -hmm. of somebody. Like, you don't see me. Yep. You don't see me. And it's not yeah. that he didn't see you. It's because right. somebody else didn't see you and hurt you. And so you you feel in some kind of way today. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a level of, of trauma, right? Like you're you're carrying those experiences and those hurt feelings and those um, missed opportunities for someone to have held space for you. You're carrying mm -hmm. that around all day long, every single day within every mm -hmm. interaction. And so if you're not taking the time to process what you're feeling, if you're not taking the time to even acknowledge and be honest with yourself about how those things impacted you, they will come out in other ways. And they always do. That there is the rub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we know if we're dealing with, with trauma? Because a lot of women, especially successful, high achieving women, you know, when you are, you rocking it out professionally, you know, you look good, you in the gym, you know, you living your best life. 
They don't think they're, because they're not walking around like crying. You know, some people think, I'm not crying. I'm not laying in the bed feeling depressed. So how do people know if they actually are dealing with trauma? Yeah, I think that's a loaded question because it's different for everyone, right? Right. Um, Some of us, our tolerance for being able to manage things is higher than other people, right? And so it might take a lot for us to get to the point where we feel like, oh, this is too much or, oh, I am overwhelmed. Um, but for some people, it's those those moments where you find yourself being really irritable about something that really isn't a big deal, right? Um, or your response to something is not um, in line with what is actually being experienced. Or um, you're finding yourself just having um, irrational thoughts or distorted mm-hmm. thoughts about um, how people are interacting with you or how they're showing up in your life. Um, those th- those are definitely signs of trauma. Yeah. And so how does it manifest in our relationships? Like if we're in a relationship, what's a sign that, you know, maybe we're being triggered by something else and that we have some other work that we need to do that's outside of even just dealing with that particular individual? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of different signs. One of the things that I was thinking about is just like being super cautious and super suspicious of people um, Mm -hmm. and finding yourself like um, questioning like people's intentions when you're you don't like you don't even know if they are intending to do anything with you or to you. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, looking at um everyone as if they fit in the same box um and trying to protect yourself from things that you don't even know whether they are um a um if you need to protect yourself from right um i think one of the things that comes up in in relationships especially when we're talking about this idea of distrust and this idea of like not knowing if people can hold space for you is that you know, we're, we're moving throughout life in a protective mode because of the messages that we're, we're, we have been told over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, and when you're living your life in a protective mode, you're not even, you're also not allowing yourself to be, to have the opportunity for things that you don't need to protect yourself from. You're not mm-hmm. allowing yourself opportunity for joy. You're not allowing yourself opportunity for love. You're not op- allowing yourself opportunity to be vulnerable and for people to hold space for you right um and so we got to be try to be cautious of and aware of how that is impacting our ability to be in relationship with people wow so that's i mean that's huge because when you think about like walking around like in protective mode because a lot of people because of childhood things or just life i mean oh life can be crazy And everybody has probably experienced something traumatic to varying degrees. Like you said, we all have different tolerance levels. And so you develop that resilience. We often call it resilience. And this resilience is so, so great. And everybody should learn to be more resilient. But it sounds like it's it's possible for you to get to a point where you've got these barriers and these walls up and that other people can't even get in, even if they have the capacity and they're trying to. But you're like, no, 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 yeah. not gonna let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're just, you're interacting with people in a way that um, 
keeps them from doing the things that you say you want them to do. Yeah. Right. If you're saying you want people to be able to um, allow you to be vulnerable or you want people to be able to um, give you space to process things that are difficult or you want people to be able to give you support and encouragement but you're at every moment you're pushing them away because you're unsure of their in intentions or you think that because they are doing this they want something from you or um because they're doing like it, are they too good if they're too they doing too yeah. much so maybe <laughs> this is the sign that's telling me that this ain't the right. one right yeah there's 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 so much distrust underneath all of that that we can't even accept when someone might be just a genuine person. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot. You got they they have to show a lot of um, evidence that that's who they are. Right. And so, how much of that distrust is about them versus us not trusting ourselves? Yeah, yeah. That's that's real, right? <laughs> Um, a, a lot of times that distrust is really about us. It has nothing to do with the other person because we are not even basing the distrust on how they're showing up. We're basing the distrust on our past experiences, on the messages that we've heard, on the examples that we've seen of other men supporting and encouraging, you know, black women. Mm -hmm. So it is really about us. Yeah. And us being open to um, the opportunity that someone could give us something different than. And so, how do we learn to trust ourselves again? That is hard, <laughs> right? It's hard, yeah. um, and it takes a lot of work. And the first thing that I think we need to do as women to start to trust ourselves is to be honest mm -hmm. about how we feel. Right. Um, and allow ourselves to sit in and feel what it is that we're struggling with. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we're so busy being independent that we don't take the time to process what's going on for us. We are moving every day, all day, doing something, being here for this person, being here for mm -hmm. that person, trying to climb the ladder of success, trying to make sure that we are, you know, presenting in a certain way that we don't usually allow ourselves those times and those moments mm -hmm. to just kind of sit with what we're feeling and be honest about that with ourselves. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the first step. Yeah. When uh, because I think so often for us, and even I know from personal experience, like we are conditioned to compartmentalize everything. Like there's, if you grew up in the church, there's a certain way you're supposed to behave in the church and the way that people in church will say you're supposed to present. Um, if yep. you work in a corporate environment with predominantly white men, you know, there's a certain way and mentality that you have just that you have to survive in that environment. Yeah. And then when you yeah. think about with your family and then your friends and then your partner, mm -hmm. it's like every place yeah. you go, you're, you feel like you have to show up and like yeah. different parts of yourself or you have to suppress. I think, and even when I think about myself, like for me, even just maybe suppressing certain parts of myself, I get to show up as Charlene every place, but in this setting, okay, I can't be maybe as outgoing or I can't be as blunt. I can't say what I really feel or respond in the way that I really feel because that's not going to be accepted in this particular environment. 
And that takes a toll on you. And over time, yeah. you know, you you it's harder for you to to keep in mind and connect with what is it that really matters for you. Like yeah. to a degree you're not moving authentically, but it is authentically because you've been conditioned that this is how you're supposed to be in this particular okay. setting. And it's like, can I just yeah. show up and say what you know, be me all the time, everywhere? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we're, we're, we feel like we can't, right? We're not given the permission or um, the, the room to do that. Yeah. Um, and it is exhausting. And, you know, I think even in that exhaustion, that shows up in relationships too. Like we don't, we don't have time for a whole lot of BS, no. <laughs> you know, and because of the, the distrust and also the exhaustion, when you present yourself to a black woman and you are presenting in a way that seems disingenuine or um not real or inauthentic we we can sense that most times yeah. right and so our our meter is going off all the time mm -hmm. and sometimes we are very short with it we just shut you down in a minute mm -hmm. You know what? I don't got time for the BS. Never mind. Yeah. I can do it by myself. Never mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I can do bad all by myself. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that, I think that exhaustion kind of lends to that um, shortness and that um, uh, lack of kind of giving people a chance sometimes yeah. because we just don't, we would rather not deal. Yeah. And I'm seeing that a lot now. Like a lot of women who are just like, I'm too tired. I don't even want to be bothered, you mm -hmm. know? And, and yeah. I know again, and I, I use personal examples a lot because I don't like to, I don't want to share other people's stories. And so I'm like, I don't, I'll share mine to the degree that yeah. I'm comfortable with. Yeah. But I know that even for me, like, it's like, okay, I've got all these other things going on in my life. And I know that a relationship takes a lot. It takes, it, it requires a lot. And it's been perfectly fine for me to say for the past year or so, I don't want to be bothered with one, you know, yep. because the level of discernment and the level of vulnerability that you have to be willing to extend. And I think yes. the first thing is we have to determine, are you in a place where you can give that? Mm -hmm. Because I also see some women who don't ask themselves that question and they get out here and they want to date and they want to meet and they would get with a guy and they're not ready to even try to do the work. And it's like, now you're becoming a, pro a project mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. and you're getting frustrated mm -hmm. because he's not gonna give you what you need because you weren't ready to get in that relationship to begin with. So like you said, we gotta be real. It's okay if yeah. you're not ready to invest in that. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, but you wanna, you know, if you wanna hook up and have a bed buddy, or if you just wanna have somebody to go eat with sometimes and go kick it with, like yep. be real about what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. I think yeah. for so long, we didn't get permission to say, yeah. that. you know, we yeah. got labeled a hoe. If yes. you're like, this is all I want is sex. That's it. Right. You know, and it's like, you, sis, tell them that, you know, tell them that. Because yeah. maybe then men will, you know, the men who do lie will stop lying and pretending yeah. they want relationships because and everybody okay can just be out in the open. Right. Exactly. I think that's a really great point. And, you know, to your point about like, that's how you feel. And that's what's coming up for you. I, I can totally 
um, agree with that. I feel the same way. I just don't have time. Um, I kind of like being by myself. I enjoy being able to get up and go when I want to and, you know, hang out with my friends or just do what I want to do. Go take a trip Mm -hmm. and not have to say to nobody I'm going out of town. You know, um, I enjoy that. And a lot of my other friends are in the same boat. Um, But I think sometimes when we tell people that, sometimes people think that we're just saying that because we we're not getting anybody looking for us or ain't nobody checking for you so you saying you're okay with it no Mm -mm. actually not (laughs) you know but i can be (laughs) honest with myself and say i don't have the capacity to be in a relationship with someone right now at this point in my life i -hmm. like my life the way that it is and that doesn't mean that i don't want to hang out or have fun or date but yeah. I don't have the capacity to be in a committed relationship. And yes. for me, that's okay. Yes. And I love that we're having those conversations now because mm-hmm. I'm seeing more than ever because, and people have to, we have to really look back at the way things were to understand kind of the way, the reason things are the way they are. Because yeah. for a long time, it wasn't, people got married because that was the only socially acceptable way to have sex. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, people loved each other too, but like it was security and social acceptance that drove people to get married. Mm -hmm. Now you ain't got to be married to do all that. And so people can actually have more authentic relationships with themselves because they get to explore and learn. and, And I think it takes for a long time for you to be able to identify what it is you even want. And even more importantly, what you can give to a partner, because yeah. honey, the stuff I say it like in my twenties, like, oh, I want to be married and I want to have all these kids. And mm-hmm. I had no idea what being, being somebody's partner meant, Yeah, like what it would meant to truly support somebody, even when you're not feeling like it. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to do that. You gotta, you gotta try to find the energy and and the compassion for your partner when you're tired, mm-hmm. when they complaining about this job they don't like, but you don't want to hear about this mess because they keep complaining about it and you sick of hearing it. But yeah. sometimes you gotta suck it up and listen and say, "Baby, you got this," and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But you don't know, yeah. you don't know how you are gonna be able to show up and do that and fit it in with your life until you're in those situations. You don't really know what your quote unquote type is, what your non-negotiables are until you live some life. And so I think we do, we put to your point earlier, when you talked about shame, Mm -hmm. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be ready to show up for situations that we are uninformed and unequipped to be in. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, um, it's also to, like your to your point about like not knowing what even you want in a relationship. What are your needs? What are the things that you want to make sure your partner knows about how they can support you, how you need them to show up for you, how you need them to show care for you, how you need them to love you, right? Like mm-hmm. we we need to tell people how to love us because everybody's love language and the way that they want people to show love to them is different. You can't, it's not a one size fit all. You can't right. show me love the same way you showed the last woman love because we are not the same. Right. right. And then on the other hand of that, you know, you change and evolve 
as as women as men and so then your love languages change also and so just mm-hmm. because i've been with you for 10 years and you know back then i needed you to show me love in this way now i need you to do something different because my needs are different right i've changed i've evolved i've grown and i need things shown differently right but if you don't have the ability to be vulnerable enough to share that with your partner if you don't trust that they can alter or change the way that they show up for you, then you end up being in a relationship with someone who doesn't know how to love you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, even in what you just said, I was like, oh, Lord, relationships, so much work. Because you mentioned, like, it can it changes. Yeah. You know, life, we transition. You might... As we grow older, even if you have kids, if you change jobs, Mm -hmm. like all these different things happen in life. And then we just evolve. Right. And like you said, our needs will change. And I appreciate that you said we have to tell them because I hear a lot of women say, well, he should just know as long as we've been together, Mm -hmm. he should be able to figure me out Mm -hmm. or he should just know. Yeah. Yeah. They don't just know. (laughs) <laughs> they don't just know and and they end up trying again trying to treat you in the same way that they treated the last woman because that's what she liked or that's yeah. what worked for her um yeah. or that's what worked for you 10 years ago so that's what should continue to work for you mm-hmm. um but it, it it doesn't you know yeah. um and then when we are conditioned to not be vulnerable and to be this super independent superwoman person then Sometimes it feels like, well, maybe I shouldn't have needs. Maybe I should just be okay with, you know, what they're able to give. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then that creates another level of conflict or struggle or, you know, disconnection between you and your partner. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, because I've heard women say that too, you know, that, their partners have told them that they expect too much or they're too demanding. And, and so what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is it a question of that person being too demanding or is it a capacity? Like what's, what's going on there when people perceive someone to be too demanding? Yeah. I think it depends on delivery. Right. Um, I can tell someone what my needs are and what I expect from them in a way that, allows for them to have discussion with me yeah. or I can say either you won't give me this or I'm gone. Right. So I think that's maybe part of the difference. Um, yeah. And also it could be a capacity issue. Like you were saying, if I'm telling you what I need and you know, you can't give it to me. And instead of you saying, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think I have the ability to give that to you. You blaming it on me as if I'm being, unreasonable right right um so then it's also a a idea of like what's their level of being vulnerable with you to say that they can't do something yeah yeah and i want to make sure people in the audience understand like what vulnerability means and what vulnerability looks like because we use that word a lot and a lot of people 
they they really don't know. Like people associate, and for a long time, by people, I'm talking about me. Yeah. For a long time, I associated vulnerability with somebody who was really needy, mm-hmm. really emotional and clingy. Like I need somebody to be with me all the time and like coach me along. So what do we mean when we're talking about vulnerability in relationships? And can you provide some examples of what vulnerability looks like? Yeah. I think vulnerability in relationship, again, starts with being honest with yourself, right? Um, understanding what it is that you expect, what you will accept, what is important to you and what your needs are, and then mm-hmm. being able to express that to another person um, in a way that they can receive it, yeah. right? Um, and trusting that you you providing that information is not going to be um, used against you or taken advantage of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so an example of vulnerability would be, you know, let me try to think of one. Um, going back to what we said about like um, the idea that as you change and grow and evolve as a woman, your needs change, grow and evolve, right? And so an example of vulnerability in that would be being honest enough to say to your partner, I know that for the last 10 years, the way that you have shown love to me has been X, Y, and Z. That worked mm-hmm. then. It does not work for me any longer. These are the things that I need. Yeah. Yeah, and we probably have to have workshops to learn how to say what it is we need yeah. because, you know, I see all the memes with and just the conversations that women have about being unhappy in relationships, whether it comes to like how he's helping with the children or how he's helping around the house yeah. or even their sexual needs. Mm-hmm. But we're not telling, we're not being explicit yeah. and communicating. And we're, and a lot of times, And this is just something I've observed. A lot of times we don't even give them a chance to try to do it. Right. (laughs) Like, especially when we talk about like responsibilities around the home and just in our lives. Like it's, again, it's that protective mode that you mentioned earlier. It's like, we assume you're not going to show up. So I'm not even going to mention it. I'm just going to take care of it myself. I'm going to take care of everything in the house. I'm going to feed these kids. I'm going to bathe them. I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to do everything. And then I'm going to be upset Mm -hmm. that you're not doing Mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. And and then I'm not going to tell you that I'm upset. I'm just going to bang things around in the house or everybody try to touch me. I'm going to say, no, I'm mm -mm, going about your business. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. 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 It can create a a level of conflict that doesn't necessarily need to be there. Right. Um, You know, but as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, we've been talking a lot about like, how women are socialized and how that impacts relationships. But I also, I want to just kind of point out that also in the idea that it's hard for us to be vulnerable, it's hard for men to be vulnerable too, right? Yeah. And because they're socialized to not show emotion, to not um, be seen as weak, to, you know, always uphold the masculine role, right? And if we are, um, and because we're socialized to just be strong, it's like we're fighting against each other, right? Like, I can't show you that um, that I'm 
vulnerable and you can't show me that you're vulnerable. And so now it's like, well, in order for me to be in a relationship with you, I got to, somebody got to win here, right? Yeah. Like I got to win. Either yeah. you're going to be vulnerable with me or I don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And then it's like, but when you're fighting against each other, nobody wins in a relationship. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because, I mean, we have had, I've done a few episodes just with guys so that they could talk about their needs and, and things that the men deal with. And especially black men, you know, when we talk about the whole concept of masculinity and I know everybody loves to talk about like toxic masculinity and everything, but I don't, I don't personally necessarily subscribe to that. I think a lot of things that we call toxic masculinity are things that are rooted in white supremacy mm-hmm. and misogyny that has, has derived from yeah. that. But the idea of men in general, like you said, they don't get to show emotion. They get to show passion about sex and sports. Right. Like, yep. and, and their toughness, like I can protect my things. Like I can fight, yep. you know, I am strong, but like passion in terms of like being vulnerable and saying like, Hey, I really love you, but I don't know how to love right. you. Cause at the same time, it's, it's the same. A lot of us, we don't grow up seeing healthy relationships. Yep. And if you don't grow up seeing that being modeled, and if you haven't gone to see somebody like therapist Tiff and you haven't worked with in done that work. Yep. You really don't know. You're you're practicing. Yes. And you're going to probably do some damage along the way or have some damage inflicted on yes. you. So they're in the same boat yes. as us in terms of just trying to figure out how to navigate this. But unfortunately for a lot of men, they don't even have the invitation to say, I'm scared. Yes. I don't know what I'm right. doing. Like, I want this. I just don't know how to build this. I don't know how to maintain right. this. And they may not even have the words yes. because... We teach them from a time they're a kid, you know, little boys fall. We're like, don't yeah. cry. You're a big yeah. boy. You're a big boy. You're my little man. Yeah. Don't cry. Yeah. yeah. This doesn't go away. Like we want them to be open and vulnerable as men, but we, we don't allow them to be that as boys. Right. Yeah. And then, and then think about what happens when they do try to be open and vulnerable. We, we get to calling them soft and all this, all those other kinds of things that, you know, then they got to be back in protective mode again. Yeah. Right. And other people are always watching how we treat other yeah. people. Like I've become so much more cognizant of that, especially I think just seeing like social mm-hmm. media, because there have been several prominent celebrity men who have, you know, cried about stuff yeah. on social media or talked about their mm-hmm. feelings and they become the meme mm-hmm. and you see the yeah. comments and you also look at the men that people call mm-hmm. soft, like uh, Sierra's mm-hmm. husband. For some reason, so many people love to call him soft and a simp. And I'm like, this dude loves his family. He constantly professes his love for his family. We call him soft right. all the time. You know, people have called Will Smith soft even before the whole Oscars right. thing. He's been called soft since he was a rapper who didn't use profanity. Yeah. So it's like other guys see how we react to the guys who aren't like hardcore, tough, super aggressive. And they're being conditioned also. Like you said, sometimes that conditioning is implicit. It's it's not directly said, but they see how we respond to seeing men show emotion and love for their Mm -hmm. families. And they're going to respond accordingly because who wants to be a joke? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And because of that conditioning, like we're again, like we're fighting against each other. 
we're we are men black men and black women are conditioned in a way that because of the messages that we have received it keeps us from being able to be in some of these very committed loving successful relationships because those messages get too loud and they keep and they drown out the things that you really want to do yeah and so how do we push through and under those messages to kind of change the narrative because we do know you know i see a lot of stats of people i mean marriage overall has rates have kind of declined overall it's not just amongst black people but and i personally i don't think that's a bad thing because what the numbers tell us is that people are still getting married they're just waiting a lot of them are getting married later in life and so like what as a, a family therapist like what do you think about that you know that people about these marriage uh, numbers and we know when it comes to stats they can be manipulated to show whatever you want them to show but what are your thoughts on the idea that people are still getting married they're just doing it a little bit yeah. later i think i don't see anything wrong with the people waiting to get married and, yeah. and waiting a little bit later <laughs> in life it probably lends to more successful marriages um to be honest because when you're when you have lived some life you uh, uh, to your point mm-hmm. from earlier like you know what you want you yeah. know what's important to you you know what you need and you're more able to express that to someone um and you yeah. you have been able to most times maybe work out some of those things that have been struggles or challenges in other relationships right um you've been yeah. able to recognize like oh i kind of do this when people do that maybe i should deal with that or um, I recognize that, you know, I have a hard time, you know, accepting love in this way. Maybe I should make sure that my partner knows that. Like, you you learn the things that um, yeah. come up for you in relationship the longer you allow yourself time to process that um, or recognize it. Yeah. So I think that the, the numbers of people waiting till later in life could lend to more successful relationships. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. And for people who want to be in a committed relationship at some point, what are some things that they can start doing today to get ready to have a fulfilling, healthy relationship, whether that's marriage or just, you know, a monogamous relationship or, you know, whatever they're, how they define their relationship. What are some things people can do to make that healthy and fulfilling Um, during their single season? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you can be honest with yourself, um, start to recognize what your needs are, um, and, um, take the time to express to the people that you love and the people that you want to love you, um, how you need to receive love, right? Um, you can try to separate your past experiences from the people who are, you're in relationship with currently, and try to take a look at like not what I've learned from my past relationships, but what are what's the evidence that this person in front of me is showing me that can tell me whether I can trust them or not, that I whether I can be vulnerable with them or not. Um, a lot of times, as we talked about, like we take all of our past stuff and we just kind of lump it all together, and we use that to kind of inform the way we interact with people. But if you can take 
a step back from that and really look at each person individually. Um, and that's not to say to lose all your past experiences, but to use the evidence that's being shown in front of you to say, okay, well, I've learned in the past that, you know, I need this, that, or the other thing from my partner. This person is showing me that. Maybe that says that I can give them a little more than maybe I would have given someone else. Um, I think that the idea of being an independent black woman, you can, um, it's a good character trait, right? Like it's a good character trait to be independent and not need to depend on anyone. Right. But independence is something that you can choose when and how to implement. And so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Um, you can be independent and still allow someone space to care for you. Um, and then the the last thing that I will kind of say about that is like giving yourself permission to be present and vulnerable in a relationship, um, and allowing yourself the opportunity to see if someone is worthy of that from you. Yeah. I love that. And so how can I help a therapist help with all of that? Because for a lot of folks, they're probably like, ooh, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so like, how does a therapist help? How can they help with this? Yeah. Um, I think there's lots of different ways therapists can help with that. And it kind of depends on the type of therapist that you have, right? Um, yeah. But, and and what you present in therapy, Right. So if you come into therapy just saying like, you know, I just struggle in relationships, but you're not willing to talk about how that looks or how it plays out, then it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're coming to therapy and you're honest with your therapist and you know what you want to work on, your therapist can help you really identify some of those messages that you received growing up about who you should be and how you should present in relationships and be able to break them down and maybe dispel some of the myths that were created in those messages. Right. Um, yeah. You can, a therapist can also help you process some of the trauma that maybe informs the behavior that you have in, in relationships um, and really help you to kind of see how those um, events have go together um, and yeah. help you to identify maybe some coping skills or some um, um, some ways of checking that for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a therapist can help you really get connected to the feelings that you have about being in relationship. Um, really help you to mm-hmm. um, take a look at the ways in which you have shown up in relationship that works and ways that don't work, yeah. right? Um, help you look at some of those maybe uncomfortable or um, distorted thoughts that you might have about relationships based on your experiences and be able to take a look at how you might need to shift those thought processes if you want to allow relationship in your life. Um, And learn to trust yourself, you know. Trust your own intuition, trust your own um, ideas about who you are and who you want to be without the ideas that have been placed upon you. Yeah. Those are all huge. And it's great that people don't have to tackle it Mm -hmm. alone. You know, you've got therapists offer a safe space 
for you to go and completely like all the parts of you, your ratchet side, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. your 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 scary, sad side, all that. Like you can bring all that in there. You don't have to be all together or anything. Like you can be yeah. you. You can be yeah. you. That's the great thing about therapy spaces. Therapy is a place where you don't have to hide anything. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing that you could say that most therapists would struggle with. We we heard it all, you know. Um, yeah. And you can use your use your therapy space for what you need it for, right? Um, yeah. If you just need a safe place to cry, if you need a safe place to just mm -hmm. talk about the things that you can't talk about with anyone else, if you need a safe place to talk about the thoughts that come up that scare you, that therapy is the place to do it. Yeah. And so how can people work with you? Um, to, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, services and whether they're virtual and what states uh, you're licensed in and all that good yeah. stuff? Yeah. So if you are in Pennsylvania or Minnesota and you're looking for a therapist, I might be the girl for you. Um, you know, I'm licensed <laughs> in both states. I provide individual family and couples therapy. Um, also, if you are a clinician and you are working on being licensed, um, I am a uh, AAMFT approved supervisor. So you can reach out to me for clinical supervision. I can help you along that licensure process. Um, I also have a lifestyle line that includes products that, you know, um, were created with a vision to um, motivate, inspire, and celebrate healing across the culture, right? Um we don't do that enough. And, you know, what better yeah. way than to wear a T-shirt or, you know, um, a hat or yeah. have a mug while you're in your Zoom meetings that celebrate the work that yeah. you're doing towards your healing? I love that. Yes. And you and we should. We have to celebrate all our wins. Yes. Like a lot of times we think I'll celebrate when I graduate or when I hit mm -hmm. that goal. But you know what? There's a lot of small milestones along the way to the big yep. day. And we got to celebrate all of them because they all count. And healing is not easy. It's not an easy process. You're going to have days where you're like, I ain't even trying to see that therapist today. I don't want to do none of that work. I don't want to do no homework. You're going to have those days. But if you have like tangible reminders that tell you um, to celebrate the work that you're doing and also mm -hmm. show other people that the work that you're doing is worth it, you know, um, especially black, black people. We don't, we don't mm -hmm. get told that therapy is a thing for us to do. Um, it's not, it's not yeah. widely expressed. Now it's getting better. It is mm -hmm. getting better, it but is. if we can promote it through all the different ways that we express ourselves through fashion and, you know, art and all of those things, yeah. it will make the message louder. Yes. And, and in our relationships, I mean, we know that the quality of our relationships directly impacts every yes. other area of our life. Like if you have, and not just intimate ones, but if you have stressful or, you know, triggering interactions with your relatives, or if you're just, if you're a solo person, but you're, yeah. you're lonely because you really want to have relationships with people, but you don't know how for a variety of reasons, like that impacts every other thing, how you making yes. your money, you know, how you're going to look and show mm -hmm. up in the world, how you feel on the inside. So it's so, 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 so important for us just to even just learn how to navigate 
healthy relationships and figure out what you need in those relationships. Yes. yes. And and remember that the, the most important relationship in, that you have in this world is your relationship with you. And so if you can't be honest yep. with yourself and if you can't allow yourself the room and the space to deal with the things that have been challenging for you, how can you expect someone else to do it? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't expect somebody else to submit to you or commit to you if you can't do those right. things for yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. you can't expect someone else to show up for you in ways that you're not willing to show up for yourself. Yeah. That whole we teach people how to treat us by yep. what we show them. Yeah, what we show them and what we tell them. But people watch how we, we treat ourselves. And that, that sends loud yeah. messages. And if, if we're too busy being too independent to show someone that we we need someone to care for us or we want someone to care for us in a certain way, why would they show up in that way? That part. Because honestly, a lot of men have said, you know, I don't, and I don't know if you've heard this, even with your clients, that they feel like their partners don't need them. Yeah. Yes. You know, they don't, you know, they're like, you got these, she's got everything. Like you've got your money, you know, you have a great job, you know, you have a home. Like, what do I bring to the table? Right. And amongst other women, we'll say, well, I need all kinds of things from him. Mm -hmm. You know, all these emotional things is usually what we we're emphasizing. Yeah. Right. But we're not telling them specifically what we need or even how it feels when they give us those things. So like some people will say, like for me, I'm learning how to be more comfortable with telling people specifically what I need. Yeah. But another way that I can do that is to affirm when I receive what I need. Yeah. So if somebody is calling and checking on me or acknowledging something about like my, I'm a fur mom. So I have one cat now. I used to have two. <laughs> but whenever somebody asks about my fur babies, like that makes my day because yeah. those are like my kids. So acknowledging that that is, that they are, you know, they're, that's important to me yeah. is special. And so I say, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that you always ask about my babies. That makes me feel good, yeah. you know, or when you do this, it makes me feel good. And so if you're not comfortable, with specifically saying like, Hey, do this, do this, 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 and this, even if we affirm when people do the things, like, I think you have to do a combination of both. Cause sometimes yeah. you have to explicitly tell people what you need, yeah. but I think we also have to do a better job of just acknowledging when we receive what we need, like people like that praise. Yeah. And that's how you, cause we all want to hear that yeah. they were doing a great job. Yeah. So if you tell them when they're doing a great job and show appreciation, you know, you're probably going to get that more because yeah. who doesn't want to be told how awesome they right. are? Right. And I think you're right. Like sometimes we don't even know what we need, right? We don't even know yeah. what it is that feels good to us because maybe we never felt it before. Or we don't, yeah. we don't take the time to sit with it or acknowledge mm -hmm. it. And when someone does something that feels good to you, you're right. Mm -hmm. I may not have the words to to tell you that that's what I like, but when you do it, mm -hmm. I can recognize that I I like when you do that. That makes me feel yep. cared for. It makes me feel loved. It makes me feel supported. All of those kinds of things that you can give feedback to the person that's showing you those things. Yeah. 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 
Wow. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with before we wrap up? I think I would just like to leave people with um, a thought around making sure that you take care of yourself and that you give yourself time and space to process what you're feeling and what you need and what's important to you and sharing that with people who deserve that information. That part. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And can you share your website, social media info? I'll also have it in the description box, but I always like um, that have it mentioned in the episode. Yes. So on Instagram, I am therapist underscore Tiff. And my website is www.therapisttiffllc.com. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you do every day, helping people along with their healing journey. And thank you for chatting with me today. And everybody, all the description or the the contact info for Therapist Tiff will be in the description box on YouTube and on the podcast apps. Uh, So thank you again, Therapist Tiff. And I'm Charlene Ketchum. And thank you. We'll see you all next time. Bye.